Today's episode of the Stretch 4 Podcast is brought to you by Fulfillrite. Run a small business? You don't have to ship your own orders. Fulfillrite can take care of order fulfillment for you, saving you time, money, and stress. That means more time doing what you love. To learn more about how Fulfillrite can help grow your business, go to fulfillrite.com stretch to get $100 off when you sign up. That's fulfillrite.com stretch to get $100 off when you sign up. This week's episode is also sponsored by Podcorn. We know firsthand it's not easy finding sponsorships for your podcasts. We've spent countless hours combing through various ad websites only to come up short. That is until we started using Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Since April, we've secured multiple sponsorships for our podcast and the experience has been great. The website is user-friendly, easy to navigate, and enables the viewing and tailoring of sponsorship opportunities to the target audience of your podcast. There's no middleman, which gives podcasters full transparency into the process of securing ads and getting monetized. And the best part is, you set your own rates and get to collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. So to learn more about Podcorn, click the link in our show notes to sign up and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. the Stretch 4 Fantasy Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Dan Titus and fantasy experts, Zach Hanshu and Adam Koffler. What's good, NBA fans out there? It is Dan Titus with the Stretch 4 Fantasy Basketball Podcast, and we're recording here on Sunday, episode 22. We got a lot to talk about, man. I know this is the offseason, and the ball don't stop, and uh, neither does our conversation, so we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs as well as get into some trade conversations. There's been a lot of coaching hires, so we're going to touch on a little bit of all that. But before I get into the action, want to first say what's up to the homies. Adam, Zach, what's up with you? What's up with you? How are you? Feeling great, man. How you guys doing? Fantastic, brother. Fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, we got a great special guest on the show today. He hails from Minnesota, but you can find him at Ball is Life. Mr. Zach Noble, what's good, bro? How are you doing? And welcome to the show. Doing awesome. Finally getting some much-needed rain in Minnesota and making me be even more excited to be on a podcast right now because I'm not out enjoying the lakes that I'd normally be doing on a Sunday. Hell yeah, man. It's finally coming around. So yeah, so Zach, I wanted to talk about you a little bit. Tell, tell the world who you are if they're not familiar with your story or what you've been doing for Ball's Life. You got it. So long story short, i um, been trying to get in sports forever. Honestly, since sixth grade, I wanted to be an agent, represented um, some players that were getting into the NFL draft, tried to get into the NBA a little bit, sent some guys overseas, never really panned out. It was just a part-time thing. So always trying to find ways to get involved with sports, ended up uh, finding podcasting uh, about three, four years ago, 2017. And, uh, had a nice three-year run with one partner. I made about 206 episodes with him and um, halfway got with Ball's Life and um, had a lot of fun, um, learned a lot and uh, figured out what I needed to keep going forward here and got a new partner. He's a lawyer out of California named Roosh Williams, really um, immersed in Rockets Twitter and the Rockets faithful. He does a lot of media with them, I guess, but uh been a lot of fun. We're about 43 shows in um, at the Noble and Rue show is the show I do right now. 
Um, overall, I mean, I've had 70 plus current NBA guys on and 170 plus guests overall. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, that's kind of our niche is just getting um, top tier guests. And then hopefully we're decent to listen to and people enjoy us enough. <laughs> Our numbers aren't bad, but um, yeah, we're, we're growing. We're happy with the growth we have. And mainly it's just a lot of fun. I've always wanted a platform to spew my um, the NBA energy. It's been my biggest passion in my life. I don't know, since I've been a little kid and thanks to the couple of years of good Timberwolves fortune and Michael Jordan being a big part of my life. That's kind of how it all happened. Noble, I don't know if you're a betting guy, but we've been running an ad, a, a promotional ad for the last few weeks. We've been teasing it. We're really excited to finally share more details about our partnership with Ignition Casino and how you guys can compete against us to potentially win some cash. So, Adam, want to give the, uh, the listeners a little bit more information about what we're doing with Ignition. Yeah, finally, we can share the details of the poker tournament that we've been teasing. Like Dan said, uh, players can download the poker software or play through their browser at ignitioncasino.eu. Uh, go to the scheduled tournament uh, poker lobby and you can find the tournament under the regular tab. The tournaments are in chronological order, so just go to the one starting on July 11th at 3.05 p.m. Eastern time and the underdog free roll invitational will be listed. And all you have to do is click register and enter the exclusive password underdog 21 again that's july 11th at 305 p.m eastern time to join the underdog free roll invitational and use the exclusive password underdog 21 and once you're registered all you have to do is log in at game time and the tournament will automatically begin dude and that's a really cool uh you know really cool lead into uh the bounty program that they're offering with this too man so everybody that plays uh you know the three of us as hosts uh we're gonna have a minimum 25 dollar bounty on our head uh, but that bounty actually increases the more people we get on to play right so uh 25 bounty just to start with we could have one player on there they knock us out they beat us they win 25 dollars just like that if we get more than 250 players in that bounty increases to 50 and if more than 500 play those bounties are going all the way up to 100 so if we get 500 players in there you're playing me at texas hold'em i go all in and you know crap the bed that's a hundred dollars right there instant bonus for you so let's get to those 500 man let's go ahead and do that yeah you kind of grew up in like the right time for minnesota basketball right because you had k you had kg you had Chauncey Billups, uh, Stephon Marbury. I mean, that was like the prime of the it. year. Can... <laughs> That's pretty Zerbiak. much where it stops, right? <laughs> Come on, yeah. Wally Zerbiak. There we go. No, I mean, KG's done the most with the least, so it doesn't really matter who you've named. I mean, all the time I'd say he's in the top five, top seven for doing the most with the least, and I'll put that to any test. I really um, – I'm a big historian, and I like to – go back and talk those lists all the time. We can get into it anytime you guys want. But um, yeah, I had season tickets to the Timberwolves eight years, um, every KG playoff year, basically. So as soon as KG didn't make, left the team, we stopped our tickets. Yeah, it wasn't too excited to get under, to, to spend that money for Kevin Love, right? Right. But and then you started, stats. and then you started podcasting and started talking about the rest of the NBA because the Timberwolves were letting you down too much, right? Yeah, no, I pride myself on, um, watching everybody and anybody, I honestly, the last five, six years, I can say I've watched 85% of all NBA teams. Regular season too? 
No, that's it. Regular season. I mean, I've watched Dang. all playoff games every For sure. Like, I'm a psycho like that. I'd, I'd be <laughs> hard for us to find anybody who watches more than me, to be honest. That's why we brought you on, man. We want to hear all the all the smoke. Let's do it. <laughs> you mentioned you have you had 70 plus NBA players uh, on the Noble and Roos show. Who, who who's been your favorite interview so far? Honestly, everybody always asks me that, and I mean it's it's tough. I mean we get mostly role players. Um, gotten a couple all-stars uh to me i'm a kansas jayhawk uh the morris twins were a lot of fun because just a lot of f-bombs a lot of raw uncut stuff they didn't they didn't care about roasting anybody because it is who they are i mean they just we played twin games um this was back on the four seasons show uh but we just messed around with them and they they knew each other like no other and everybody knows that about them um they've done a lot of crazy stuff in their Kansas days. And I, I remembered them cause I, I had a couple instances with them. They went, were there the same time as me. I rode around with them a little bit, not much like two or three times, but um, they're, they're crazy dudes. It was a lot of fun. So um, outside of them, I mean, I like the international guys, um, Vooch, Cephalosha. We had Cephalosha on during um, like the world cup or something. So we're getting big into the soccer with them, which is a lot of fun. I just, different guys diverse um so i always like hearing the role player side of things because stars are i think way more reserved to be honest yeah yeah for, for sure, sure man and i man i didn't realize you were a, a kansas jayhawk man i'm a uh west virginia alum so oh, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah you, you guys got <laughs> and i hate you too brother no, uh, definitely bill self man um sore spot for me so uh yeah we can always talk some big 12 basketball too if that's your thing Hey, that was my wife's worst birthday present ever. No, sorry, best birthday <laughs> present. Ever. Best. That was. I always, I always forget that. Uh, we came back. It was two minutes to go in Allen Fieldhouse, and I was begging her to leave, and uh, she kept me around, and it was the best decision ever. That was madness. Like seventeen points in two minutes. Yeah, we've had some tight ones, man, for sure. Yeah. So going back to your your shows and like the role players that you've. Um, had a chance to speak with i know you just recently had roco on your show and um obviously portland just hired chauncey billups so i'm curious you know did you get any perspective on the i guess what that locker room was thinking in terms of moving on from terry stotts and potentially what could be their their new future their new future system or or head coach so i wouldn't have been shocked if they hung on to terry stotts just because i mean he's an amazing human it seems like and all the guys connect with them as much as players connect with any coach he just seems like the happy-go-lucky guy and always has the right mindset but from an x's and o's standpoint I mean I think they could use a little more and never were able to get the defensive potential out of their team so he underachieved a little bit and that this year was example a I know CJ McCollum you can say took him a little bit to come back and so maybe expectations shouldn't have been as high but no I thought CJ was good to go almost 100% so no excuses they shouldn't have lost round one in my opinion Um, so yeah he deserved to go time was up Um, the whole Portland thing I don't mind Dame endorsing anybody but it's not a good look by any means you don't know what you don't know you know and you know what you, you know what you know and at the end of the day Dame claims he didn't know anything about this background. He's never heard of this. So I'm going to believe the player until you prove otherwise. I'm going to believe I'm a trusting person. I'm going to believe most people to you. 
prove me otherwise or you're convicted or um whatever but yeah the thing is with these jason kidd and chauncey billups it's not a good look chauncey billups more so deserves a chance in my opinion than jason kidd because jason kidd one he's had opportunities and he's proven he hasn't been great at these opportunities so strike one strike two you got these terrible human marks on you from a morality standpoint it's like why even risk that why i mean what's the point like there's only 30 of these jobs in the world and there's so many qualified and deserving people it's like come on i mean it's so easy you can go so many different ways you're not like it's one thing if it was greg popovich at like the age of 55 and these things happen and you understand oh you're getting the greatest coach of all time phil jackson in his prime but no you're choosing these guys that haven't proven shit yeah uh, and like yeah i was just gonna say like jason kidd really hasn't i mean out of five years of being a head coach he's like 183 and 190 like under 50 percent winning percentage like why is that an automatic ticket to getting into a a franchise like the mavericks and talent like luka Doncic and kristaps borzingis like it's getting the best opportunities (laughs) right 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 it's can we can we look at Luca kind of like we look at LeBron and how the Lakers brought in Frank Vogel? Like he's he just kind of, he's just kind of there, and LeBron's really the coach, right? LeBron's doing all the talking in the huddle. Is Luke is Luca like that? And they're just getting Jason Vogel. Kidd to kind of just be a player's coach. Vogel's proven himself, I think. I, I give Vogel a little more credit. I mean, from a defensive, defensive standpoint, more so than anything. Yeah, it's right. never easy to run any sort of offense with LeBron because. That's why a lot of players decline under LeBron. I'm sorry. LeBron's going to tell you when you're getting the ball, when LeBron's going to decide to play 100%, when he's going to decide to do whatever, but he's just so great. I mean, he can still find ways to make players around him good enough and adapt to him. He normally has decent talent or great talent. Uh, But Frank Vogel, what he's done with these guys on the defensive side, they were great with or without LeBron and AD on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, man. Vogel definitely brought some of that, um, you know, defensive spirit that he had in Indiana over. Um, But, yeah, to Adam's point, I think that's a great one, man. I mean, with all these rumors – yeah, with Luca, man, with all these things going on, um, you know, in Dallas and, you know, rumors that he's not happy trying to keep him there, you almost have to think that he gave his endorsement on this Jason Kidd hiring, right? I mean, there's no way he didn't. You pray. You you absolutely pray because – If you don't ask, these players right now, like, they don't owe these teams anything, and they know that, you know? Like, they know there's so much endorsement money out there. You can make money wherever you go in this league. Carl Anthony Towns is doing just fine in Minnesota. Um, I mean, we got a great TV market, but, I mean, we're the worst franchise ever, let's be honest. Um, So, Luka Doncic being like the number one player you want to start your franchise around, you better run every single decision by him. So at the end of the day, I'm sure he endorsed Jason Kidd. If he didn't, man, that's a scary situation. Um, I would have chosen 10 plus guys though over Jason Kidd. He's not the worst they could have done, but he's <laughs> there's so much better they could do than Jason it's almost, Kidd. It's almost like they're trying to keep it in the family because yep. we saw Michael Finley also get a promotion and you know, now obviously Michael Finley and Jason Kidd have a history playing together in the young Mavericks years. So 
you know, I, I'm, and then they also have, you know, Dirk as the advising, you know, consultant role, whatever he is. So it seems like they're trying to build this like Mavericks brass off of, or the, the former player uh, mentality, which you got to figure with Luca, the way that he is, like, you can't let him go. Like he's your, he's your moneymaker. He's one of the best talents in the league. So like, you got to appease him, right? Oh, every single decision you ever make should be about that guy. I mean, I think he's that good. I mean, is there anybody in the league you'd take over him with your franchise going forward now? At and that Luka, age, not a chance. I, the I don't o- think the so. only decision is Giannis. And Giannis, that's right. For, for me, my answer was Giannis up until this year. I'm, I went to Luca finally. Um, so would you still care? Like, would you still categorize Giannis as the second person that you would build a franchise for? Sure, hundred percent. It's not even close. Um, even though he really can't shoot the ball that well? It doesn't matter. Not, you're not worried about matter. that? It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if you, they're, they're starting to rely on Chris Middleton more. We'll get into that later or whatever. But yeah. they're winning right now. I mean, yes, they're catching a lot of good fortune. But he's going to get you 55 to 60 wins every regular season. So as long as you have the perfect team around him like they do right now, this is an absolutely perfect fit regardless of how good you think the talent is, these guys fit perfectly around Giannis. So now it's up to the coach to make sure they utilize these guys and work as a cohesive unit to get enough wins out of them when they matter and use Giannis the right way. But he's definitely good enough to go on a ton of runs with or without a jump shot. Um, It's just, he's got to enforce that and he's got to just utilize those cuts, utilize his presence, the best of their abilities because I, I you look at Shaq I mean Shaq's a great comparison he really is I mean I just think Giannis can be that dominant oh sorry I was just gonna say you think the only way to save coach Bud's career at this point in Milwaukee is for them to win the title this year I mean that's it right otherwise he's gone a lot of people say that and a lot of people continue to say that so I don't think you're in the wrong for saying that but I personally think you got to keep keep riding them I mean they advanced further this year. Okay. The team's getting better right now. I truly believe that he's adjusted the last two games. Like at the end of the day, he's still a top five to 15 coach. Okay. He's not the top five coach that many people thought he was before the playoffs this year. Uh, but he's definitely a top five to 15 coach. And that's saying something that's all you need with that good of talent, to be honest. Yes. There's definitely, if you have a top five coach, they're sweeping teams right now. Sure. There's, I mean, it's, they have the talent it takes. I mean, for instance, if they had a top five coach, they could have beat the Nets fully healthy, in my opinion. If you had Spolstra, Quinn Snyder, Nick Nurse, you'd be, you could. I'm not saying you could. But if the Nets were full strength against Mike Boonholzer, they'd lose in five or six. Yeah, it's really those in-game adjustments that's been the knock on Budenholzer. And I think he's in the to the point. Yeah, right. And, and to your point, the last two games we've seen a shift in the way he's been, especially on defense, right? The the way that they've been, uh, at least in game two, the way that they controlled Trey Young and the way that they were switching on defense and, you know, closing out and, and the help defense. I mean, it was a it, they were put on a clinic on how to shut down a complete system. So on that thread, let's let's talk about uh, this is going to um, obviously we're going to release this episode tomorrow, but let's talk about tonight's upcoming game. And what you guys think is going to happen? Um, we know that the series is tied up one-one, going to Atlanta. 
Is this where Trey's going to have a little bit of a redemption song, or is this where the Bucks really take command of the series and and really start you know changing that momentum on their way to the eventually the uh, NBA championship? I'll start it off. Um, I definitely think my pick's going to be the Bucks keep rolling. I mean, they've been able to adjust the last two games and they've kept it consistent two straight games. So I'd imagine the Bucks can keep it going at third. But the thing is, they've never really done it three games in a row. I mean, I've seen two game stretches and Nate McMillan's been pretty impressive with his adjustments and they're really deep in talent. They got a lot of options um, trying to involve Cam Reddish a little more recently. And um, they just got a lot of guys that have been popping off and, but Trey's been struggling the last two. Um, and if you look back over the last six games from a percentage standpoint, Teams are pushing him away. He's not getting to his floater. He's not getting to his spot. So he's not as comfortable. Um, still getting his numbers volume-wise and basic stat-wise, but he, it's been really difficult for him. I mean, he he's not rolling like he did the first six games of the playoffs. So I just don't see the Bucks regressing again. I think if you just realize what you've done, why it's working – keep doing it. Don't go, don't change anything else. Don't let Giannis go back to shooting a million threes and decide what he wants to do. Um, so I'd be shocked if the Hawks won. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, I don't want to count the bucks out. I think they're obviously the superior team. And I think Atlanta's kind of on like a dream run right now. Um, obviously the bucks are a different team than Philly, but I mean, we remember what happened in the second round you know, Atlanta came out and shocked Philly on their home court game one, got blown out game two, just like this series, and then ended up winning in seven. So I'm not going to count the Hawks out yet. You mentioned Reddish. He's been out for, what, two, almost three months at this point. Came back and scored 11 last night, I think it was, 11 and four. Um, so he could be an X factor for him if Bogey can stay healthy, Herder can stay healthy, and they can get some consistent play out of Capella, who's been hit or miss, honestly. Um, so yeah. I'm not counting the Hawks out, but I'm picking the Bucks. Yeah, I feel like Bogey can't stay healthy. I think that's one of the issues that they're running into is, you know, unfortunately he's just not right with that knee injury. I think that the, the Bucks are going to win this game. I'd, I'd like it. I mean, if I'm betting, you know, I think that the, we have the uh, Hawks as four and a half point dogs. I think that they could cover that spread just based off of their history playing at home. And on these bounce back games, they tend to play better. But yeah, I think that the Bucks are ultimately just going to be too, too much of a test. And I think we saw some strategies, a strategy shift on how you can play Trey Young and ultimately, you know, get the ball out of his hands, make him make tough decisions uh, once he gets into that lane where he's getting collapsed upon because um, the, the Bucks defense was just phenomenal in game two. I think that they'll replicate that, that strategy in game three as well. I'm sorry I said three in a row. It's just going to be two in a row. <laughs> so let's see who knows we can keep it going two in a row. Right, right. <laughs> listen, listen, man, Trey Young really needs to – put up like 48 points and 11 assists for the Hawks to have any chance in the rest of the series. And that's just not happening. Can they, can they steal one on their home floor? Sure. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, if, if it's not Milwaukee in five, it's going to be Milwaukee in six uh, for that series. And I think, you know, Milwaukee is probably the best team in the East uh, when, you know, obviously they face the Nets without, uh, without Kyrie and hobble James Harden. Um but they were uh, they were kind of uh, battling injuries all season, so you know you kind of expected them not to be completely healthy down the stretch. Uh, that uh, big three there, so you know I, I think Milwaukee's the right team to be in the finals. I, I'm good uh, seeing them go up against the Suns. 
And then speaking of the Suns, you want to get into uh, Game Five real quick on uh, yeah, let's, tonight. Yeah, let's let's do that. So, Game Five, obviously, last night was probably one of. I mean, if you're if you like defensive basketball, this like takes me back to like, you know, the the, the Pistons years in 04, 05 and the Spurs. I mean, this was the lowest scoring win of the regular season at 84 points that the Suns scored. So just a crazy, inefficient game, honestly, very sloppy. Just really the Clippers couldn't buy a bucket most of the game. And I think that this is just tired sea legs at this point. Paul George is playing an enormous amount of minutes. He averaged the most minutes played and total points scored in the playoffs, but the dude's averaging like 41 minutes a game. So when you get down the fourth quarter, man, it's just going to be a struggle. So I don't see much, much of a path for the the Clippers to come back here. It's not like they haven't done it before, but the Suns are just too good, man. Um, They're deep. Chris Paul is on another mission. Like uh, I'm happy for it. I think it's a great storyline for the league, right? Having Chris Paul actually get a chance to to play for a championship this late in his career. Um, But yeah, want to get your thoughts though. I know we have a, a partnership with a company called Betcha that we're just going to run some lines real quick of some opportunities and, and scores that we'd like to play for tomorrow night. Yeah. So, so we've got this cool partnership with Betcha. They're a, a real money DFS app that combines winning money with the unique social aspect and gamification. It's pretty simple. There's no salary caps, no lineups. Uh, unlike DraftKings and FanDuel, you parlay uh, overs and unders, or you can uh, put players up against each other. For game five Monday night, you got Paul George sitting at 28 and a half points. You've got Devin Booker sitting at 27 and a half points. You can go over or under on either of those totals. Uh, personally, I like Paul George to bounce back after kind of a shitty game in uh, game four when he didn't shoot so well from the field. And uh, that was a very low scoring game at 84 to 80, I think was the final. So I like PG 13 there. Uh, it's just a really cool, if you go on the app, it's a pretty cool interface, very easy to use. And we've got this uh, promo code going with Betcha. You can uh, sign up using code STRETCH4. That's STRETCH, the number four. Make sure you use all lowercase letters when you sign up. And they will give you five free Betcha bucks. Uh, Basically real money to go ahead and put some parlays down and see if you can uh, 10x your money if you hit the four players in one parlay correct. So uh, easy to sign up, easy to play. Uh, make sure you check out Betcha and uh, get some uh, picks in for Game Five. And speaking yeah. of picks, uh, Zach, what's your pick for for Game Five? Definitely yeah. gonna hammer Paul George now. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. I definitely I like Paul George to hit the over on his and and Booker's 28 and a half is really high. I mean that's ceiling for him at this point. Um, you know, with Chris, he went off for 40 with Paul out of the lineup, and then um, you know after that, I know Paul's only been back. Um, you know, not for the whole series, but, uh, you know, Booker's not needed to score 40 every night. They have a balanced attack. You know, they've got Aiton, who's just been absolutely, you know, coming out of his shell in this playoff series. I, I really think people are starting to take notice of how talented he is. Um, you got Bridges, you got Campaign, you got other guys that can handle the low. Cam Johnson's just been, you know, best, you know, series of his career. So I'll take the under on Booker. But for the Suns, I, I think it's a wrap in five, man. I think they're going to go ahead and close this thing out for sure. Noble, what, what say you? Do we have a line in that game yet? I haven't even looked, but uh, I definitely am taking Phoenix money minus line. Five, minus five and a half. Five and a half, yep. Probably going to – I'd buy the points. I'd buy the points a little bit if I was going to do it that route. The money line can't be terrible, but definitely going to hammer that money line myself. Um, just – I said as soon as 
Kawhi was not going to play in any of these games. I was shocked that the Clippers even took one. So, but that was thinking Paul, I mean, Chris Paul was going to play the uh, all but one game. I just think the Suns are going to keep rolling. They're so much better. This is just house money. This Clippers team, though, you guys can tell me this, but I truly think it's one of the worst conference finals team without Kawhi Leonard, because with Kawhi, they'd be my favorite right now, to be honest. But without him, I think they're one of the worst that I can recall. Yeah, it's well, pretty much yeah. been Reggie Jackson, right? Like Reggie Jackson and and Paul George going at it. Like I, I like the emergence of Zubac. Like I think it's it's been great to see him actually get good minutes and actually show what he can do. But I think he just looks like he's not ready for that moment. Um, we saw him fumble the ball in a couple of critical possessions, and we saw Terrace Bay get in his face about it uh, on the sidelines. But you're right, this team doesn't have a lot of depth, and you know with Marcus Morris injured. He was he was a lot of their heart and soul in the first couple series of this playoffs. And once he went down, I think you're starting to see more of these unsung heroes have to have to emerge. And really, it's all off the strength of Paul George. And clearly, he's I think he's just out of gas at this point. So, I mean, Paul, yeah, I Paul George isn't making Paul George isn't making the rest of his team better. And, and Marcus Morris isn't a guy that you can rely on to, to drop 20 anymore. So you're looking, you're looking at a squad. It's like a makeshift squad without Kawhi there, and and you know, you, you know what Kawhi's capable of doing in the playoffs. So without him, it's like a, it's pretty much a wrap. But speak, speaking of Kawhi, uh, the other day something came out. I think it was a uh, uh, Skip Bayless said he, uh, a source very close to him said that Kawhi is unhappy with the medical staff uh, in Los Angeles. Right, similar to when Kawhi came out and said he was. Uh, not happy with the the Spurs medical staff as well. Like, do we think that this is a Kawhi issue? Do we think that this is a this is a real thing? And you know, Kawhi doesn't really care where he plays. He just wants to play on a winner. Fama, are we one. actually are, are we actually quoting a uh, a potential source from Skip Bayless? Jesus. You know, sometimes he's sometimes Ooh. he's plugged. Sometimes I think, he's he's a, plugged. I think a Skip Bayless issue here. Probably. Let's be honest. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> But right. let's hypothetically um, give him the benefit of the doubt. If he's correct here, uh, I would say this is definitely a Kawhi Leonard issue. He's not going to be happy with anybody. I mean, this is strike two. I mean, it, they there can't be two this terrible of medical staffs. There can't be. You know, there, there's probably one, but the fact that Kawhi lands on – both of them and the only reason why we didn't hear about the medical staff in toronto is probably because he's healthy enough uh, but just a guy everything needs to be perfect around him and from all reports and anything i know about Kawhi leonard from the little we can know about Kawhi leonard seems like a guy that uh just needs everything perfect in his way there's a reason why he's still sitting up in the box and doesn't get too amped up up there <laughs> Some of the celebration videos or the camera going to him is just ridiculous. <laughs> he's yeah, Mike, celebrating Mike, and he's right. Mike Breen crushed that last night. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of I don't I just don't know at this point. Like he made his he made the choice to go to LA, right? Like he vetted their whole staff and everybody. You know, Uncle Dennis obviously has a huge influence on the decisions that he's that he makes. But you know, he wanted to be in LA. That's where he's from. There was a lot of, I feel like a lot of the places that he could have, the other places he could have gone, he spurned for going to the Clippers and he's going to be a free agent. He can opt out of his contract after this season. So, you know, is he already starting some drama to potentially go somewhere else? I just don't know where he would want to go. Like at this point, you're in the home that you wanted to be at. 
yeah, the Clippers need to do some roster construction changes, but I mean, I think those things can happen. Um, but he's I don't know. Lakers. Lakers. He's going to the Lakers, man. <laughs> I think I think he's going to the Knicks, man. I mean, but how are you going to get out of 128 million dollars worth of Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris, man? That's I mean, yeah, that terrible. Luke Kennard money, man. I don't think Ooh. that's talked about enough. Like, Jesus, that guy got the worst bag. contract in basketball, dude. Horrible. Next to Chris Middleton. Hey, he's Solomon had Hill. some moments. He's had some moments. Hey, Chris he's Middleton, the- come on. Chris Middleton's so damn good. He's the only Didn't deserve the max, man. <laughs> oh, well, everybody Tobias gets Harris, hey, Tobias Harris did not deserve nah, a max. You, more than you get Middleton. a max. You get a max. Everybody gets a max in the NBA. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your level. You go to a it small really market where very few people want to play. That's the ticket. Yep. That's the ticket. So let's shift a little bit draft uh, draft conversation. So the lottery just happened this past week. We saw the Detroit Pistons luck up and get the number one spot, followed by the Houston Rockets. Want to get you, uh, start with Zach first? I know you're you've been doing a lot of trade, uh, a lot of dynasty talk and trade mocks and or sorry draft talks and uh, draft mocks. Hans, you want to get your 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 thoughts on the how the lottery shook out in the first top five and maybe give some predictions of what you're thinking is going to happen. Yeah, man. So um, as you mentioned, the Pistons ended up winning the, uh, the draft lottery. Um, Ben Wallace, uh, I guess was excited. Um, I mean, you wouldn't know it by watching him on the the lottery (laughs) show. Um, But yeah, I I think there's no way they don't take Cade. Right. Um, So Cade Cunningham will end up going to Detroit. Um, He could, he could be great as a playmaker at the two. Um, You know, we talked about Killian Hayes recently, how he's coming along at point guard. Uh, They have a really exciting young core there with Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Jeremy Grant really breaking through last year. So I think Detroit's in a good spot. You know, Houston at number two is going to go for that stretch five in Mobley, Um, you know, huge on defense. Uh, able to put the ball on the floor, um, just a really, uh, you know, prototypical big that you would like to see in today's NBA. Um, you know, as for the remaining five, I think Cleveland ends up going with Jalen Green uh, just to go for the the playmaking and scoring rather than uh, maybe the floor general kind of mentality that Jalen Suggs would give you just because they're already set uh, in their backcourt for the most part there. Um, which, you know, Suggs going to Toronto at number four would be perfect since I think this is the end of the Kyle Lowry era, and that would just be a huge get for them. Um, And then at number five, Orlando ends up going with Kuminga. I know there was a lot of talk about uh, maybe his stock falling during the season just because of that shooting and some decision-making issues. Um, So I I don't think Scotty Barnes is out of play at five, but I think the pick ends up being Kuminga. So that's my prediction for the top five. It's unchanged essentially from where I had it, um, you know, a couple months ago. Seems like a pretty big drop-off after four, though, right? Uh, I I would say so. I think Barnes and Kuminga have a lot of upside, but they're more – Barnes is a little more polished. Kuminga has a lot of that raw kind of talent that needs to be worked with. But, yeah, it's a it's a four- to five-player draft, absolutely. Noble, what are your thoughts, man? I, I mean, I agree. I think the ceilings, though, of two through um, five or six there, I think they're all really comparable. But, like, the floor is, yeah, you're right, on Kaminga and Barnes, I'd agree with that. Could be really low or no, I, pretty unknown, you can say. Uh, but I just am curious what Houston's going to do at two. I'm not – I'd go with Evan Mobley. I think they should go with Evan Mobley because I think him and Wood can play great together. And – they need another big next to Wood. He's not strong enough, nor can he defend every five. Um, Evan Mobley, I think, is a guy that can guard one through five eventually. 
um, if not sooner than later, kind of like a Bam, you know? I think from a defensive side, I think he can be a lot like Bam. I just think he has more offensive upside than Bam um, outside of maybe passing and playmaking. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. Um, Suggs would be a great Kyle Lowry replacement. I think him and Fred Van Vliet would be just a – I mean, Fred Van Vliet, let's be honest, fits with anybody and everybody. Everybody needs Fred Van Vliet. He's a perfect fit. Um, but And very few players can say that. I also agree, though – Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi can almost fit with any other player as well. So they can do a lot of different things in Toronto. So it's going to be interesting after one. Um, I don't think there's any necessarily guarantees there because if I'm Cleveland, I really want Jalen Green. I do because Jared Allen, I mean, they're planning on bringing him back. They don't want to lose Jared Allen for nothing. Um but it's tough to pass up Evan Mobley if he's there. Um, but I personally think it's a very deep draft. Um, yes, the tiers at the beginning, I agree with Zach probably on everything he said there. But I think it's a really, really, really deep draft. Like, for instance, we just had A.O. Donsamu on our show. And I think he could end up being a top seven guy in this draft class. Like, I think he can be a longtime starter. and. Um, if you think Drew Holiday is a um, all star, then I think Ao can be just Ao. It's Ao. Yeah, um, man. I, I listen. <laughs> I listen to that one. He 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 said he he said he compares himself to Shea Gildas Alexander and Bradley Beal, right? Like if 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 he can live up to that hype and that potential, yeah, was, then give, I was give me call him. him out on that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness, man. I think he's closer to Drew, to be honest. Um, but That's if okay. Drew, if yeah, you get Drew Holiday in this draft, shit, absolutely, I'll take that all day. Uh, but yeah, I think the dude's dynamic. He's professional. I'm all about mentality. I think it always gets underlooked in drafts. Um, I am a guy that looks at mentality of players more than anything, and um, I think Io's got one of the best. I know. It's always uh, interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Cade, Cade Cun- it's interesting because the with the Pistons getting the number one spot, like Cade Cunningham probably fits well on a lot of teams, but it seems like he fits particularly well at the two next to Killian Hayes in Detroit, right? Like, is there any chance? Is there any chance at all that the the Pistons entertain trading that number one pick? Like, is it is it worth enough to do that? I mean, that's that's the right question. So I would ask you guys, who would you trade them for? Because me. Um, I just threw out a top 25 players under 25. I had Cade 10th on that list of who I would start a franchise with. Okay. So it's like the guys that are close to them are the debates here. Like Cade or LaMelo, Cade or Zion, Cade or Ja, Cade or Jalen Brown. I'm Zion doesn't, Zion doesn't want to be in new Orleans, right? I'm not buying that for a while. I mean, <laughs> you don't turn down that money right away. And you, I'm, we haven't seen a player leave that early. We haven't. Um, so I, I won't buy it till I see it in person or facts. <laughs> um, it's just, cause it's been going for so long. Players have had these opportunities and there's been smoke. That, I mean, the way our media is going, they're just trying to create as much controversy and, get these guys moving to the big markets sooner than later and teaming up. And they think that's the only way they can pump up interest, but the playoffs are proven. We're getting great ratings right now, just because 
people like seeing parity and differentiality. And we're getting that in the NBA playoffs right now, regardless how good or bad the games are. Trey and Devin Booker have been a blast to watch. So um, I don't know. Let me ask you guys, who would you take over Kate of the guys I mentioned? Um, or would you take Kate over those guys? Um, and then I personally would put Kate at the one, Killian at the two, and obviously play off each other. But I think Killian's can play one through three. I like them that much. Yeah. Uh, to your point, man, the, just the handful of guys you mentioned, um, I kind of like what you said earlier. So I'm going to, I'm going to just echo that is, you know what, you know, right. I think you were talking about Terry Stotts when you said it, uh, you know, for a guy like LaMelo or Zion, I mean, obviously Kate is a can't miss prospect. We really think he's going to succeed in the NBA, but you don't know, right. There's been can't miss guys before that. It just didn't translate. It didn't fit. It didn't work. So if we're looking at a guy that's been proven in rookie of the year, LaMelo ball in the scoring versatility that you can get, I mean, not from long range, but uh, you know, defense and scoring from Zion or playmaking from Ja. I think at this point I'm taking all three of those over Cade uh, just because of what I've seen and what I know already rather than what I'm expecting. But I think the ceiling is comparable, so that's fair. Yeah, it's all about if you think you got a chance to have a higher ceiling. Now, I mean, that's what it comes down to when you're picking a guy to start your franchise with. Uh, but, yeah, I think his ceiling is as high as Zion or LaMelo. I really do. I'm confident they keep that pick. and. Uh, I think uh, yeah. Pistons beat writer Rod Beard, uh, who's, who's pretty well known and uh, seems to get get a lot of stuff right, seems to think that they're going to hold on to that pick. I'm I'm pretty confident that's going to be the move, and and I do I, I agree. I think he's got a pretty high ceiling. Um, like there's no way Charlotte trades Lamelo. There's no way New Orleans trades right. Zion for Cade. No, unless unless Zion demanded a trade. So like I go down my list and I think who is the best player that might be realistically available for him because that was your original question. And I'd say maybe Shea Gilgis-Alexander, maybe. And I don't think Oklahoma City's doing that. I think no. Detroit would think about it, but I don't think Detroit does it either. Yeah, and I think that that's the uh, – that would probably be the, the make the most sense, but, like, it's clear, like, Sam Presti values the hell out of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So, like, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. Very curious to see how they, how they make, move, move around the draft with so much draft capital capital over the next few years, but Detroit. Yeah. You know, I think Kate, you, you mentioned something I wanted to pull a thread up a little bit more is that, you know, Zach was, was touting Killian Hayes as a really big breakout candidate for next year. Um, but I think he definitely struggled efficiency wise, great passer, really good at defense, but I think Cade might be a more impactful point guard. And I could see him maybe sliding Killian to the, to that combo guard role, and, and putting the ball in Cade's hands more. I mean, because the kid, I mean, he only had, what he averaged, three and a half assists uh, his last year. But, I mean, look at the talent that he was playing with, you know. So I'm not surprised that th that that number could easily go up with more talent around him at an NBA level. So I just think his skill set and his size, you know, you don't get six, eight point guards every day. So I, I think he could really be a good force and, and a different a different look for Dwayne Casey and and those Detroit Pistons. The The last the last number one overall pick can't miss prospect Ben Simmons, big <laughs> 10 point guard. Let's we I, I can't, we can't have this show without talking about Ben Simmons and getting noble thoughts on Ben Simmons. Um, real quick before I bring up Ben Simmons, if you guys, from a watching perspective, if you got to choose who got Kate Cunningham of like the first four or five teams, where, I mean, who would you want to, 
okay to go to because it wouldn't have been Detroit for me. I would have probably H- wanted him to go H-Town. anywhere else. H-Town. Houston would have been nice. Houston would have right, been real nice. We can all agree on that. That's all fair. the shots he can him handle. And, him and Christian Wood would have been really dope. Um, and Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I do like Detroit's core. I do. It's just not as exciting as Houston or some of those others. Agreed. Titus and I are both big Sixers fans, so we're extremely biased in our hate for Ben Simmons at the moment. Love it. We need somebody to talk us off his ledge and tell us that it's going to be okay or that we're going to get a C.J. McCollum or Bradley Beal in return. And, and before, you go into, before you go into it real quick, just Doc Rivers' comments after the game was, we got a plan, we're going to fix it. As people, as, as fans that just went through the process, we don't want to hear about a freaking plan. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right, so I was talking to a skills trainer. I'm not going to drop any names here, but um, I was talking to him about Giannis. He goes, yes, I could fix Giannis. No other easy. Give me one summer with him. And I think if this guy got his hands on Giannis, like Giannis could be in the GOAT conversation. I really believe that. Uh, but yeah, hot take, extremely hot take. Uh, but Ben Simmons, he goes, fuck no, there's no chance. I can't, <laughs> you can't fix that guy. Uh, it, it's up here. It really is. It really is. So like I said, I'm all about mentality. Um, and Ben Simmons, I was never, never very high on Ben Simmons as like, a lot of people were telling him as Luca level, Le, not LeBron necessarily, but like just to that Luca level, let's say, um, Zion level as a prospect coming in. I thought he was very intriguing. I thought he had a lot of high upside, but uh, his shot was always a concern. It was. And I just think he was like, I never saw a lot of talk about like, this guy's a grinder. Like, didn't like a lot of his interviews. I'm an interview guy. Like I said, mentality. You learn about that through interviews, uh, but Ben Simmons, man, it just—he—he's not aggressive. He doesn't doesn't have like I don't give a fuck mentality. You need that. Like Trey Young, right from the beginning, like he'll try everything. You know, you want guys that make a lot of mistakes early on. Okay, Ben Simmons been basically the same guy he's been since a rookie. That's the problem. I mean, yes, he's improved in little marginal things here and there but when I get a young prospect and they come into the league I'm all about guys that are out there making mistakes like I I want you to have a bunch of turnovers at times I want you to shoot the ball 30 times I want you to try a little bit of everything uh, but show flashes of being great Ben Simmons never did that he was safe yeah he was one of the highest upside I mean rookies to ever come in and he was one of the best rookies to ever come in as a two-way player and you don't see that guys impacting winning that often so even if Ben Simmons is who he is the rest of his career and I've been saying this year after year that's a great player that's fine but he's not a max contract player on every team in the league there's very very few Philadelphia I'm choosing Joel Embiid all day every day two years I ago two, I, two I years ago we Jimmy Butler to... yeah right yeah exactly but, I'm yeah. with you so but then, two years ago, we were having that conversation. Is it like, like, who are you choosing, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? It's become like, it's not even close. Like, Joel Embiid's a, a top two player in the NBA. Top, top three five. player in the NBA. Uh, I mean, top two, top, huge, top two center. Uh, Peak-wise, maybe. You Come can on. say that peak-wise. But availability to me is huge, and I need to see it yeah. over a couple of years, a good period. But, yes, one game, Joel Embiid, you can say, is a top three, maybe top five guy. Uh 
I'm not taking Joel for one game, um, but that I'm okay with if you do. So where do you, where where do you see where do you see like is, is Simmons gonna get traded? Do the Sixers do the like, Sixers want to move him? They, they keep saying they're not gonna do it, but Doc's gonna check in on him in a month. He's gonna want to trade him the very day when he checks in on him. Hey Ben, let me see that shot. Let's see how it's going. <laughs> Are you abiding by my plan? He's gonna be over in Greece, the Galapagos Islands, sailing with his girls, man. He, I'm about mean, to say. Yeah, that man's going to be in Barcelona with Kardashians doing something else on a yacht, man. That dude is not in L.A. training right now. He's going to be on the shop in like two or three weeks with Rich Paul talking about how Philly did him dirty. Like everybody else that flopped as a number one pick in Philadelphia. I mean, what is the what are the odds on luck that we get two guys, number one pick, that have just miraculously forget how to shoot the basketball once they come to Philly? And he's I don't... crying after a big loss like that. He's devastated. You can tell how much this weighs on him and means to him. Like, yes, I don't expect every man to have tears after playing a game and losing, but I want to, like, Hayden Russell Westbrook, talk about all of his criticisms you want, but the dude leaves it out there game in, game out. Um, Ben, he could have, I mean, shown his work ethic through going and getting 15 to 20 rebounds a game. Clint Capella, I mean, look at DeAndre Ayton, man. Like, that's all we're asking. We're not asking you to shoot <laughs> a three. We're not asking you to shoot 10 mid-range. Go for fucking 10 layups, man. Go get five dunks. That's so Who's hype. So- I love it. Attempt more than four shots over so the where last, are we trading him? last second. That's the yeah. question. Where are we sending him off to? Because I'm pushing you guys off the ledge here. You yeah. said figure yeah, out he needs, I, I think he needs. I think he needs to go to a small market like Markel Fultz, somewhere where he's not S- going to be Sacramento. criticized. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's something like that. Give me, give me a shooter and a and a pick in return, man. Give me like Buddy Heald. Yeah. I'd be totally good with that. Put yeah. put Tyrese Maxey at the one, Buddy yeah. Heald the two, and put Tobias Harris and Joel and beat around them. I'm I'm cool. I love it. I love how low like, you guys are on this guy. Dude, I, I just did. I just I just <laughs> re, I just I just re ranked that draft and I put Ben Simmons at ten under Buddy Heald at nine. Like that's that's how that's how that, little that's faith. A, I, that, that's no, a it's bit. not. No, it's uh, not. He's Ooh. a great defensive player, bro. I don't and care. He you need to bring create... something else to the table. Uh, I mean, on the right team, like put him on the Warriors. That's like the perfect place for Ben Simmons. That's way different, man. You put him next well, to I'm Steph. Get okay. Up for this, probably on my list of top twenty-five players under twenty-five who I'm going to start my franchise with. I went down to thirty-three just because I wanted to show people where I had Ben Simmons. And <laughs> him number thirty-two. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you. And who was who was thirty-three? Out of curiosity. OG. 31 is DeAndre Hunter. OG Ananubi huh. is it, OG yeah, Ananubi is better than Ben Simmons, man. I'm serious. Oh, I'm mm. Yo, I, I'm, I want I want OG Ananubi. I want OG Ananubi on my team over Ben Simmons. He does more. He does more for me on the offensive it's, side it's, of the ball and does just as much based. on defense. It's system based though. Like Come I on, feel man. like you're just you're you're having a little bit of recency bias here, man. Like I'm in my eight, feelings for sure. A little bit, a little bit. He's better than OG Ananubi, but. Well, upside though, if he doesn't continue to improve, because like that's what we've seen about Ben, he's just regressed. So this is his worst season, professional season as a as a pro. So you know, what, I don't know. What is the worst draft he, pick he you guys would take for Ben Simmons right now? What number? Like four. No, that's that's nothing. Yeah, yeah. talking about in the, in the twenty twenty one draft. Yeah, I'll take six. I'll give me Scotty Barnes over him. Oh, but here's here's God. the thing. But here's the thing. Philadelphia is <laughs> not doing that. You need. No, they're now not players. They're not. But yeah. I'm just saying, if you were having to pick going forward. Yeah, I think a legitimate trade that they could probably pull off is like a, you know, depending on what happens with Dame. Do like 
McCullum and Rocco for for Ben and like a pick and somebody else. Matisse Thibel, you know what I'm saying? Throw in a couple other just Ben for CJ. That's what I want. I want just That's ben what I want. CJ. I'll, I'll do up. that. Do sign sign me up. I'll do that in a second. Oh yeah. CJ CJ went to CJ went to college 45 minutes from Philly. He would love it. That he did. Lehigh University's best. But here's the thing. Every single team outside of the Brooklyn Nets should have interest in Ben Simmons, in my opinion. So there's there should be something decent out. Yeah, CJ McCollum would be great. But I, do I think Daryl Morey's gonna want a little more because he's greedy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you gotta wait, I, you gotta wait till this this uh playoff performance rust like kind of wears on people's minds and you get back to like you know august september it's like oh yeah ben simmons has all this potential like forget about that 34 percent from the free throw line in the playoffs and he had to come out of the game down the stretch in the last minute or two because he can't shoot a free throw right like Dude, let's, let's get, get that get that stock value back up we're so close to sizzle real season so don't be surprised to see simmons in the in the in the gym shooting those fadeaway jumpers like we thought he was going to do get his get his trade value up um, so yeah, just to close out the show, uh, Noble wanted to get your thoughts on this Scotty Katie beef. Um, I'm actually rocking a throwback Scotty shirt right now. Beautiful. I, I feel like the media, I mean, I think this is just the youngins trying to, I don't know, just be in there, just try to get the cloud, I guess, and, and chase their 15 minutes. Cause like the slander of Scotty Pippen to me is too much. Now, granted, is he out of pocket always talking when he doesn't need to be? Like, no one's checking for what Scotty's got to say realistically. But to, to act like this guy wasn't a, one of the best small fours ever and like he didn't have offensive talent is just ridiculous. It's embarrassing. No, I mean, yeah, Scotty is just whatever lies he's saying, who cares? I mean, doesn't mean you got to just go after this and create more lies. Like, it's just creating right. a vicious circle. It's like liars are developing liars and just out of frustration and anger and uh, but yeah, it's ridiculous from all angles. I mean, Scotty's a top 30 player of all time minimum. Some people can have him as low as 20, 20 to 30 in that range. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, but some of those players on that video, that guy was naming, like that guy doesn't even deserve the clout he got. I mean, it's just reaching for clicks. He's just trying to be yep. Stephen A, Skip Bayless, that type. And it's like, he seemed old enough to understand who Scotty Pippen was. So right. if you watched him for a minute or were able to do just a quick, give me a minute basketball reference research. If you just look at his page, that tells you way more than, God dang, it's frustrating. And it, yeah, this is Twitter. It's Twitter just at getting worst, lost day yeah. after day. And Isn't I'm a big yeah. historian, like I said. Well, it's good to have the purists still out there uh, fighting the good fight, man. Because people right. got to know Scott. Scotty was that dude. As much as you, as much as people don't want to admit it. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna close out the show. Just want to say thank you, Zach, for coming on for coming on and joining us talking hoops. Where can the people find you and tell us about what you're working on? Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Um, this was a lot of fun. So uh, really, just on Twitter, I've been needing to get into Instagram. Just can't do it. Spend too much time on Twitter. Um, Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. And then um, all over ball is life. And then anywhere you listen to podcasts, it's the Noble and Rue show. Um, got a bunch of good stuff coming up. Um, even getting into some NFL players on our show. Um, hopefully um, some of these guys that I'm in conversations with, we make them happen. So um, should be a lot of fun coming up and appreciate any support we can get. 
That's dope, man. And yeah, we'll definitely be checking for any kind of football, football players that you have on your pod. Make sure to check that out. Download, subscribe, and follow. Um, Koffler, I know you wanted to mention something real quick uh, regarding our partnership with Betcha, um, as well as uh, a poker tournament that we're going to be running very shortly here. Yeah, so just a quick reminder, again, to check out Betcha. Um, that's B-E-T-C-H-A. Um, sign up right now with code STRETCH4, all lowercase, and the number 4, S-T-R-E-T-C-H, number 4. Uh, you get five free Betcha bucks, and you can go ahead and play with those to win real money. Uh, we'll give one final uh, prediction here. Uh, Zubac uh, rebounds 10 and a half is the line tomorrow. He's hit that number in all three games in this series and is playing some heavy minutes. So uh, going to take the over for me for sure on Betcha. And before we take off, just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Betcha. Make sure you go to download the Betcha app on the Apple or Google Play Store, as well as heading to ignitioncasino.eu. Make sure to sign up for the Underdog Free Roll Invitational. The registration opens up as early as June 28th, and make sure to use password underdog21. That's password underdog21 for the tournament that begins on Sunday, July 11th at 3.05 Eastern Time. Until then, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks again for Zach Noble coming on the show. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, and we'll holler at you next week. Peace.